This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. You guys already know how obsessed I am with therapy. I talk about it all the time on this podcast about how I have two therapists and how I go to therapy every single week. Well, I've been going to therapy for years, but once 2020 hit, the year of chaos for all of us, I really needed extra support and BetterHelp has really been there to guide me through these chaotic times. Uh, I've been dealing with anxiety, depression, and I also have been in this recovery space for disordered eating and just a host of other issues. So BetterHelp will assess your needs and, uh, and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours, so all you have to do is you take a a quick online quiz, you answer some questions about what you're going through, what kind of therapist you're looking for, and you can literally write in the answers, I am looking for this kind of therapist, I am looking for an expert in this field. That's what I did, and they matched me with a therapist who has tons of experience with eating disorders, trauma, and depression. And to be honest, I love my therapist so much. She's probably my favorite therapist I've ever had. And I've been through like a variety of therapists over the years. Me and her really hit it off. And even if you don't hit it off with your therapist right away, because let's be real, finding a therapist can honestly feel like you're dating. Don't worry, you can always change therapists as many times as you need. No questions asked, no charge or anything like that. So you can always change your therapist and then get matched with a new one that day. So BetterHelp uh, is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is literally professional counseling done securely online. And what I love about BetterHelp is that they have a journal feature. So if you're going through something challenging through the week and you don't have an appointment until, let's say, next week, you can write a journal entry. It's all online. It's secure. And if you'd like, you can share that journal entry with your therapist so that they are on the same page. They're caught up. They know exactly what you're going through. They know whatever triggers you've been dealing with over the week. And what's awesome about BetterHelp, too, is that your therapist will respond. So you can actually communicate with your therapist in between your your sessions. So it's not like you only get, get to talk to your therapist once a week. You can check in with them frequently in between your sessions. You can catch them up to date. You can kind of communicate with them every day if you wanted to and the online journal feature is really nice for folks who are new to journaling or just need that extra support so communicating with your therapist more frequently could really benefit you if you're going through a rough time. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available if you are struggling right now. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. You can visit betterhelp.com slash vibe. That's better com slash vibe. And you can join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. You deserve the support. 
you deserve the healing and you are not alone there are so many people who are struggling with severe anxiety depression trauma all of these things and you don't need to suffer in silence anymore so visit betterhelp.com vibe for a discount on your first month of online therapy that's betterhelp h-e-l-p dot com slash vibe and that discount code will get you 10% off of your first month of online counseling at betterhelp.com slash vibe welcome to the vibe within podcast i'm your host gab cohen each week we will connect through stories and conversations about wellness yoga addictions spirituality mental health rituals and everything in between the goal is to transform our traumas into strengths to create the change we desire in our lives my mission is to help others by shining awareness on real life topics so we can learn new ways to heal physically emotionally and spiritually whatever you are going through in this moment you are not alone so let's connect and heal our vibe within hey guys welcome back to the vibe within podcast i'm your host gab cohen and i hope you guys are doing well out there i am recording this intro the day before the election day um and i'm i'm wondering how you guys are feeling because i know that we're not going to like find out who our next president is or um what the results are um on that day especially because mercury is in retrograde um there's been so many podcasts that i've been tuning into uh, mainly astrology ones that have been talking about how um It'll take a few weeks. I mean, and in reality, it it should take a little bit longer than a day because the entire country is, you know, the the voting ballots are going to be so much higher. The numbers are going to be so much higher and the percentage of people who are voting um, at home and mail in ballots. So that's that's where I'm that's where I'm at right now. I'm just thinking about what it's going to be like. Um, tomorrow and whenever you're listening to this um, we'll we'll already be post-election so um, whenever you're tuning into this I hope that you can just remain calm and that you have your practices and rituals that you can make sacred during your day um, to keep you grounded and to keep you you know where you're at Um, I was listening to the 10% Happier podcast this morning. It's kind of like my morning podcast ritual. Uh, They talk to, he talks to like really amazing meditation teachers. And he was explaining, Jeff Warren um, was, he was the one being interviewed. And their conversation was just really, really amazing because Jeff Warren also has ADHD and ADD. And I definitely feel like I've developed some sort of ADD, and sometimes it is hyperactive. Um, So I wanted to share just a few things that I got from that episode, and then we'll get into the episode today with Amber. Um, But first, I wanted to share, he, so he was explaining that his mind and his ideas and his thoughts would take him to this place where he was 
not accessible anymore. You know, he was he was completely gone. And he said, um, you know, that, that we get hooked in tangents and these like thought spirals, they take us away from the truth and the reality of things. And then he was explaining how his teachers and his mentors would try to, ex- to would try to get him out of these holes. And they would say, can you pop out of your obsession and come back and be with what's going on right now? And I think this this goes hand in hand with with triggers and triggers hit us like these it, it electrocutes us and then we act out of anger and shame and guilt and that trauma brain that is so um, engulfed and and still stuck and and sticky in um, the past traumas whether they're small traumas or big traumas so when we're triggered it can often we can often use our our thought loops and going down the rabbit hole of what ifs and worst case scenarios and um i can't believe that they said this i can't believe that they're treating me like this i can't believe that they don't see it how i see it um and i actually yesterday um i got a book (laughs) from the thrift store for a dollar and it's called triggered and I I don't really go to this thrift store that often. It's like right down the street from me and something nudged me and I got a ping from my spirit guides or whatever and I looked at the time and it said, okay, there's 30 minutes until they close and I said, well, why not? You know, 30 minutes, I can go in there, see what they have. I walked around and I was like, I don't really want clothes. I don't really want shoes. I have enough shit. I don't really like buying clothes anymore. I have plenty of clothes. And then I saw the the book room that I, I never I never really um, noticed before, and it was this huge book room. There was one person in there, and I walked in and I was like, "Oh my God, this is awesome!" I've I haven't gone to like a book a bookstore in forever, and I used to all the time when I was living in Philly. I used to go to Barnes and Noble all the time. Um, so, and the last time that I went to a thrift store book section was in was in um Florida when I was living with my mom and it was the Goodwill and I got like these amazing books one of them is um getting the love you want and it's like this this really like well-known book about relationships and attachment styles and emotional trauma and healing and then the other one was like this witch book but um so every time I go into like thrift store thrift store book sections it's like spirit knows to drop little goodies and gifts in those places because the people who are shopping there are usually on you know a budget and um books books are such oh my god just books are such gifts like they're they're just like little goodies like little glitter that like our spirit guides will throw into our life and I think everybody who's listening right now can can resonate with this like during a time of your life when you were really struggling did someone offer you a book or a book just like landed in your path randomly or you found one at the library in perfect timing or somebody recommended a book and it it's like exactly what you needed to hear what you needed to read um that spirit like coming through and sending these messages and sending these gifts on our path because they know that we need kind of reassurance and clarity and um so this book is amazing and 
uh, a couple quotes that I wrote down from this book that I, I was started to read it last night and it's it's one of those books where it's like I'm I'm underlining and I'm highlighting like everything and I promise I'm gonna actually read some of the book in uh, an upcoming podcast it's gonna be all about triggers and I'm gonna you know dive deeper into that topic so if you have any questions about triggers or any um, like subtopics in the triggered kind of realm what triggers you and maybe maybe questions on how to get through it I'm going to be reading this book so I might have the answers (laughs) who knows Um, but he said that triggers thrive on the illusion that we can't trust ourselves and then he said with strengthened inner resources we find out we can trust ourselves indeed so this book really puts into consideration that we do have the the resources and the tools that we need and it it encourages us to look at our triggers and examine them and go into them with a sense of curiosity rather than just allowing ourselves to be shackled to that trigger and then we're labeling ourselves as that trigger and then we're reacting um, from that trigger it's it's really hard to separate ourselves from the trigger but um it it is possible and it really is possible and this book is all about buddhism and connecting not only spirituality and buddhist approaches um with meditation and practices like that but it also connects neuroscience and psychology so it's the trifecta of of everything and I also wanted to share something that I um, was listening to a podcast uh, about how we can get caught in these like bad moods or these these anxiety realms, and it kind of made me think about how we do have um, the access to inner rooms of joy and calm. So we have the keys to this this room that resides within us at all times. Um, So when we are experiencing a moment of like panic, anxiety attacks, um, we're triggered beyond belief, you know, we're shaking, we're angry, we don't know how we're going to get through this. Um, That energy is is going to change. It's it's it has to change. So this practice to access um, this room that resides within us and this practice is is to remind us that we're safe in these moments of of big T triggers and panic attacks because I used to have panic attacks growing up Um, these these terrible terrible panic attacks where I it would be so confusing I would I would feel it coming I would I would understand it's coming and then I'd be stuck in my body and I'd want to jump out of my skin and oh my god I it's it's really crazy but I also think that it had something to do with how I was on a lot of like antidepressants and anti-anxiety medications and my body was like really not understanding what was happening and it couldn't function properly so what I want to say with this practice of accessing this inner room is that when you're having that moment of, oh my God, I can't believe that they're saying this, I can't believe that they're doing this, or you get triggered and you have a memory or a flashback hit you of of a past trauma of when things went really wrong and you were unsafe and your whole world was flipped upside down, I want you to kind of hone in on that and be like, okay, well, what happened after that? 
you know I for me I can think back to when my life um got pretty fucked up and I um got scammed by a real estate agent it um she left me homeless and I was you know I had to leave my job in Miami I had to leave my life I had to give my cat to my mom temporarily and then I moved up to Philly and in that moment where I was I remember exactly where I was I found out this real estate agent was was stealing my money and um, I wouldn't have a place to live my entire body was activated and in that moment I thought my life is going to be fucked for a really really long time and was it uncomfortable for a while yeah it was but that initial reaction and that activation of full body anxiety panic shaking hyperventilating um that passed and it passed within you know 30 minutes and I really had to remind myself that I was going to get through it I was going to problem solve I was going to figure out what I needed to do next and even though I was in fight or flight I did realize that this was a huge nudge from spirit and the universe that maybe I needed to go somewhere else and I I tried to look at it from a different perspective so when we have these moments of anxiety and panic how can we look at it from a different angle like okay is this is this trying to tell me something um you know is this situation trying to tell me something uh and if our needs aren't met and if we feel like we're 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 really unsafe um can we use the energy of anxiety and panic and examine it out of curiosity and use our inner resources which is what this book talks a lot about using our inner resources to metabolize that that panic that anger that fear that that unsafety that that feeling oh my god like i'm i'm not going to get through this um and remind the self that we can get through it and we can access that inner room of safety um when we experience like these these really deep high unexplainable moments of joy it creates a new space within the body and the mind that we can actually visit whenever we need to Um, so whenever we're in those stressful chaotic panic moments we can access that place because we know it does exist Um, and it's it's accessing that secret room you know it's you can we can we can close our eyes and we can remember a moment in our childhood that that we just it's so nostalgic and happy we can also remember a really terrible memory and it can activate us in a bad way so we do have the the power to deactivate and activate our bodies and our nervous systems in a way so that we can kind of manipulate um, these moments of chaos and remind ourselves that we did get through um, some of our toughest moments and here we are you know we're going to get through it and if we can just continue this practice of reminding the nervous system that we're safe then the triggers and the the triggered mind won't you know be dragging us on a freaking leash you know because it's when the nervous system is activated our hearts beating or we're shortness of breath we're we're sweating we're shaky we're we're gonna pass out that's when we are are we're totally gone you know our bodies totally take control and our mind is like but wait 
you know, I, but I've gotten through this before, but the body's like, no, we're dying, <laughs> you know, so you can get back to that place of, of safety and security. It's really hard. I know it is. It's not easy to just do it, especially when you're used to like having panic attacks, but, um, you know, I know it is possible, so I recommend deep breathing, meditation. Um, my meditation course is on sale until the the middle of November, and I might just keep it on sale, to be honest, 30% off. Um, it's got over eight hours of guided meditations with binaural beats, journaling prompts, shadow work prompts, and just everything that I used and I did when I was in my dark night of the soul last year when I was living in Philly, I poured my heart and soul into this course. Um, and a lot of you guys have, have really loved the experience. And again, and also like, this isn't like your typical like workshop course, like this is more of an experience. Um, there's also a, an audio yin yoga session in there in one of the meditations. So it's an, it's a guided meditation experience along with you being able to incorporate creative writing, creative journaling, and um, shadow work, inner child healing, trauma, trauma healing, um, all of that. So if you're interested in that, the link is in the show notes. So I hope that this little spiel of mine helped because I know I've been getting really triggered recently with Mercury retrograde, Mars retrograde, now we're in Scorpio season. It's just a very spiritually charged time, very emotionally charged time. Energy is high, energy is low, um, somewhat, you know, energetically bipolar is how I feel a lot of the time. Like one day I'll be like so happy, so in the mode, so, you know, gratitude, abundance, everything. And then the next day I'm just like really, really deeply depressed and angry and triggered. Um, so yeah, I hope this helped. And now I want to get into this today's episode, which is with Amber Romaniuk. I hope I pronounced her name correctly, but um, this this episode is really going to be, be helpful for anyone who is struggling with disordered eating or just relationship with body and food and emotional eating. I mean, I think pretty much everyone in the world has some kind of um, weird relationship with food at one time or another. I'm, I'm not saying that everyone has eating disorders. I'm not saying everyone has disordered eating, but I'm saying, especially in our country and in the United States of America, um, there's a problem with food, addiction, substance abuse, eating disorders, emotional eating, binge eating. Um, it's all the same. It's all drugs. It's all a ways to cope. It's all ways to get away from these dark emotions and trauma. So Amber Romaniuk is an emotional eating, digestive, and hormone expert. She helps professional women achieve optimal health through mindful eating, self-care, and overcoming self-sabotage with food. Her podcast, the No Sugar Coating Podcast, has over a half million downloads, over 200 episodes, and is listened to in over 82 countries. Amber overcame her own um, emotional eating after gaining and losing more than a thousand pounds and spending over fifty thousand dollars on binge foods and spending five years balancing her hormones and digestion. She now helps others achieve body freedom so they can have the confidence and health to create amazing lives. 
that's a little bit about her if you're interested her links will be in the show notes and I know that you're going to enjoy this episode it's pretty vulnerable pretty raw pretty real Um, I share some of my my background history with binge eating she shares the just the straight up the facts the energetics how to get through it how to know our triggers how to how to um really get through these phases of binge eating and how she recovered so um if you resonate with this podcast episode um feel free to share it with a friend or a family member we're all struggling and unfortunately food and body is something that we all have these weird moments with and yeah I hope that you are having a beautiful day and make sure that you take care of yourself and enjoy the episode. So we went from complete isolation with, with quarantine and um, needing to be in our homes and social distancing to a complete 360 into these peaceful protests and people obviously wearing their masks and stuff like that but it is pretty ironic that yeah you know we went from being completely isolated to people coming together and being very close together and you know people don't give a shit right now it's just like yeah you're gonna you're gonna coop people up for so long it's like it's you know bound to happen but that is that is definitely crazy yeah and I mean I I think there's a lot more going on than we realize. Um, And I've definitely awakened a lot more to it all over the last 12 weeks, which I mean, is a conversation you and I could have offline. Um, But I just think, you know, from an intuitive, energetic standpoint, there's just so much going on. Um, And I think that this, while it is a very vulnerable time to be here on earth, I think it's also a very powerful time because it's it's an opportunity for us while we are at home to decide, you know, do I give into all this dynamic of fear, worry, panic, or do I use this time to do nothing, which is also a valid choice, or do I see this as a time to, you know, take better care of myself, work on my own mindset, you know, get into better practices with ways to cope with stress. Um, because this is the thing at the end of the day, you know, we are all connected. Um, however, if we are in a constant fight and conflict with ourselves and we don't address that and take care of it, then we take that out into the world with us and we're more, we're triggered more easily. And that fuels more reactionary, whether it's you look at someone and glare at them instead of smile because you're angry at yourself, right? And then you project that on someone else or you you go through the checkout till and you're short with somebody because you are upset because you, you know, you binge ate and then you're frustrated with yourself and now you're projecting that on other people. And now we're seeing it to the point where, you know, people are so reactionary and yes, they have every reason to be. However, how many people have been so deeply conditioned to judge others and judge scenarios and then just take action from that versus go well, why don't I first address my own judgments of myself and my own criticism and, and, you know, learn to shift that. And once I do that, that completely changes the way people respond to other external scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. And what, I mean, what comes, what comes to my mind after hearing you say that is that, um, we've been at war with our bodies as a globe, you know, for, for however long with coronavirus, um, Uh, whether we want to admit it or not, because there's a lot of shame, there's a lot of guilt, there's a lot of fear, um, obviously built in layers with a pandemic. And even when things start to taper off and we feel more safe, 
um, we're still left with a lot of emotional wounds, which mm-hmm. um, go hand in hand with the work that you do, because it's all about, you know, connecting with the body and nourishing the body on a literal level, on a spiritual level, on a mindful level. And, um, you know, that's why I wanted you to come on because, I mean, the the listeners of this podcast definitely know a little bit of my story with disordered eating and autoimmune, and you have a really great, um, just raw and real way of, you know, dissecting what binge eating is, what disordered eating is, why, and, you know, how to navigate through it. So I guess that will we'll go right right into my first question, which is the energetics of binge eating. Like what emotions, what, what's the energy that is underneath binge eating? That's a very good question. And I love that we're getting into this because as we were talking about offline, this is a huge part that's missed. And I think it's missed for a reason because we are naturally spiritual beings. We are energy, right? Like we're vibrating at different frequencies, Um, but where in school were you taught that where on TV are you taught that unless you're like tuning into some self-help or like Bob Proctor, somebody who's like a master at teaching this, right? Like it's, it's not taught. So I feel like, you know, the energies that really impact binge eating are your low frequency energies. So as soon as someone starts to feel angry, frustration, fear, worry, sadness, panic, anxiety, um, you know, feeling empty, feeling insecure, not feeling good enough, um, you know, worried about what other people are going to think of them, judging themselves, fear of others judging them, um, or from a reactionary kind of energy when, when we see something in the news and then we react in panic and then we go, oh my God, I can't handle this. I need to shove this down with food. So it's it's a lot of low vibration energies. However, some people, because they don't feel worthy to be powerful and like super intuitive and high vibe and and successful and have all these good things in their lives, they will get to a high vibration and that will feel so uncomfortable for them. And they will then sabotage with food to shove their light down and shove again and suppress their frequency down. And that will then, you know, bring in more of those negative energies because now you're frustrated and angry because you, you know, gave in again. And so that can really fuel that vicious cycle of, maybe you have all the intent in the world that you want to raise your frequency or like raise your vibration and, you know, manifest more and um, contribute to the collective and, and, you know, have capacity for yourself and then others. But if you're constantly in that cycle, you're shoving your intuition and your intuitive gifts down, which we all have, you're shoving down again, that vibration. And um, it's really hard to get out of that cycle if we're continuing with the same habits and mindsets and we don't change those because it really is our habits and mindsets that are dictating then the way that we behave with food and our bodies and our body image um, that then contribute to our energies and our frequencies and how connected we can be or not. But there's a huge lack of worthiness thing there. And a lot of people fear that worthiness and how amazing it could feel because we're, we're so taught to like focus on the opposite and focus on what we don't want. So it's almost like stepping out of a big comfort zone to become worthy, to become, you know, more intuitive, to have a higher level vibration and that you be worthy of that, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, one thing I will say is when you're stuck in that vicious cycle, um, whether it is binge eating or drugs or substance abuse, because I mean, this is all 
connected. Your work is very deep seated, rooted into binge eating, but I've um, I've struggled with with a nice variety of all the things. So I can say that when you're deep in that vicious cycle, when someone says, "Oh, you know, like um, this is why you're binging because of these emotions." Um, it can sound really like, oh, yeah, like whatever, you know, um, it's easier said than done to just to, to just stop binging. It's it's like a drug addict, you know, mm-hmm. saying, oh, hey, like the reason why you are going to try and score some drugs is because um, of your childhood traumas and these emotions, you know, like they don't they don't see it. They don't see a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, yeah. Which can be really, really debilitating at times. And, you know especially in this space, in the spiritual space, like, you know, like plenty of us are, are dealing with addiction, are dealing with eating disorders, are dealing with, um, taking out, uh, self-medicating and taking out our anger on ourselves. And we're fully aware, oh, this is probably because of this trauma or this trauma, right? But it's so hard to get out of that vicious cycle. But in the work that you do, what would you say is like, um, a, a pattern or a, a trauma that keeps coming up with folks who are struggling with binge eating? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think, you know, sometimes it's trauma, but sometimes it's also trauma and the conditioning from society, media, TV, celebrities, movies, music, et cetera, magazines um, as well. It's that, that conditioning, like you should fit this certain mold, you need to look this certain way. And once you do, then you can have love, success, freedom, happiness, health, wealth, and all your wildest dreams will come true, which is such such a false mold. And so something that I've been learning and really observing, especially this last 12 weeks as I've been more deeply waking up and connecting with other you know, colleagues who are um, awake as well, is us talking about how much, especially the female population, has been made to be suppressed because we have the feminine essence right? We have a deep intuition and a very deep inner knowing, but we can't access all of that if we're punishing or sabotaging ourselves, whether it be substance abuse or food or alcohol or whatever it is. We suppress that part of us and it makes us feel more powerless. And instead, we're then distracted with fighting with our bodies and judging ourselves because we don't look like that Photoshopped model or whatever celebrity it is. And then we just assume that because we can't get there, that it's our fault. You know, we have no willpower. Um, and then we keep going with the diet culture and and all that is, you know, really hazardous to our health and our health and our mindset. So regarding a trauma, you know, one of the biggest things that I see is that the child observed um, their, usually the mother, but um, the mother or the father would say to them and make comments about their weight, that they're too big they need to go on a diet and or the the mother would be commenting on her own body image and saying how she hated her body or how she you know kept trying to lose weight or was restricting and then restricting the child certain foods for fear of the child gaining weight and getting judged so that's a very common one that i see but i think largely where that comes from is Obviously, the generational, often if the parents don't deal with it, they will innocently by accidentally pass it on to the kids. However, everything we watch, lots of the commercials and ads, magazine, there's no disclaimer saying we have completely altered this person's body to sell you a product so that you'll right. buy it and feel bad about yourself and compare yourself and like, you know what, I keep giving your power away. You don't see any of that in any social media, post magazine, commercial, right? That's like, So this conditioning is there. Like you think of how many 
movies are centered around like the popular pretty girl who has like the perfect quote unquote body, right? right? Or you think about like most celebrities, like they literally, if you look at them, a lot of them just don't even look real. I'm like, how does this person look this good? Yeah, okay, maybe they've had plastic surgery and blah, blah, blah. But like, it's just, it's taken us so far out of our reality and our essence, which is like unconditional love and loving ourselves no matter what. Like we're so out of that. But when we're out of that, we're out of our power. And that's what makes the diet fitness industry trillions of dollars. And that's what makes people sick. And that's what makes a lot of these other big companies a lot of money. And so I think that it's so important to address the conditioning piece because it is a huge piece. Yeah. Yeah. And then once you're, once you dip a toe into that conditioning, whatever age you are, it's a, it's a spiral and Mm -hmm. you're just, you're just, you know, spiraling down. And I can definitely relate to the, what you said about, you know, it's starting with maybe a parent or your, or the mother. Um, I was never told, you know, don't eat that or don't eat this. I was pretty petite, like as, as a little kid. And I danced for 10 years of my life from, from ages, you know, four to like 15. Mm -hmm. And that is the root of where my disordered Mm -hmm. eating came because you're thrown into this scenario of comparing your body with other girls' bodies before puberty. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Um, so it's just, it's wild that, you know, it didn't have to come from my parents. And some people, some people do say that disordered eating and mental illness of, of course is, um, epigenetic and, um, but it does really narrow down to your surroundings. And, you know, I can say from my experience that as a young girl, I never, um, felt comfortable through the transition of what puberty is. And that's when, um, all of these issues occurred. And, you know, back, back in the nineties and early two thousands, thank God we didn't have social media. I don't know what, I don't know how people are navigating through that right now, but um, I don't think that girls are prepped enough and told like your body's going to change and that's Mm -hmm. normal and you don't have to stay small um, and it's okay for your body to change, which is, you know, it's crazy that we have to say, we have to teach our teach these kids that but we have to kind of put in the energy because all the media and everything you're explaining is going against all that Mm -hmm. yeah and um you know I agree I think that there's so many like you talked about the dancing and then there's the figure skating and gymnastics and there's all these potentially great things that kids can get into but the body image piece it just you know they're told to look a certain way and be a certain weight and I think it is a very uncomfortable thing to like go through puberty and especially with no guidance and support. And my parents were the same. They never made any comments. For me, I was, you know, bullied on the bus when I was five and called ugly and fat. And that was by a bunch of boys. And that was really a a hurtful moment for me that defined the next 20 years of my life. But I think, you know, now, especially to a social media, I mean, here's the prime example. You look at all the filters, right? So now you can put on a filter you can be the six-year-old girl going on Snapchat with a filter and now you have a full face of makeup or now you you look the certain way and now you start to become conditioned that this is what you should look like all the time, like through a filter, right? And we see these people evolving and growing up 
and then them taking this picture of them with this filter face to a plastic surgeon going, hey, can you make me look like this? Like that's how skewed yeah, it's it has become. And that's why it's so important, I think, that for – I mean, I'm not a parent yet, but very strong boundaries with technology. Like why does a 10, 12-year-old need to have any of these apps? Like I just – to me, I don't think that it makes sense and it's a very – because they don't know how to navigate it. Like it's just such a slippery slope. Yeah. I get, you know, the kids are going to have technology. However, I just think very strong boundaries have to be developed um, and set because otherwise you don't know what your kid's getting into and finding and how that's influencing them. Um, I think it's also really important that we acknowledge, you know, Disordered eating to me is a very heavy term and, and take it for what it's worth. You know, whoever is listening, that's very, att- I find it creates attachment because it's like, it's a, almost sounds like it's a permanent diagnosis. And I really don't believe anything is permanent unless we believe it is. And that's where I really like to go more toward, um, you know, this emotional relationship with food in your body, whether it's restriction or it's like I'm binging, I'm emotionally eating, I have a food addiction, I eat compulsively. Mm-hmm. Because I find it just helps you to go, okay, well, you know, I just feel like the word disordered, it just essentially is like, hey, there's something wrong with you. And I hate people thinking that there is because there isn't. It's yeah. that there's been so much stacked against us. How is it possible to think that you could, you know, get into all this and then just be able to fix it really fast? You know what I mean? Like it just yeah. – it feels so heavy. And so that's where I go, you know what? You have this emotional relationship with food in your body. Let's start exploring why, because there's many reasons why, and there's nothing wrong with you, and it's not your fault, right? Yeah. Not that we blame others, but just to help take that load off. Yeah. And like, I love talking about this because a huge thing that we talk about on this podcast is like, how we can, yes, like be aware that we have depression, be aware that we have anxiety, but we don't need to like identify with that and yeah. and be like, this is who I am and walk around with a sign saying I am a depressed person and or I have an eating disorder because then that puts you in this energy of, well, from now on, I have to tell this to everyone and if they can handle it, then they, then they'll be my friend or they'll be my boyfriend or girlfriend, which is I've found myself in this in this headspace, which is not funny. I'm I'm just laughing because it's um it's so true and so many yeah. people are stuck in this headspace of saying, Well, I have this problem and I have this trauma and I have this mental illness and I have an eating disorder and you know I'm if if someone can handle me then then I'm worthy of being their friend or their boyfriend and that's just so yeah not fun to live in and it's like what you're saying is so like refreshing because it's like okay instead of saying I have an eating disorder which very well may be true like hey cool. I was diagnosed with one when I was in high school, but now I'm in a completely different season of life. I am 30 years old. I'm, you know, I would never, um, describe myself as the same way that I was in high school. So why should we have to label ourselves when things ebb and flow? And we can say, instead of, you know, identifying with a mental illness or binge eating, um, I'm, I've been resorting to a, a, a negative coping mechanism that I'm ready to release. Yeah, or self-sabotage. Oh, there's my self-sabotaging mindset. There's my ego because that's really what this is, this behavior. 
we have, live in an ego-based society, but we ha- that one of the laws or dualities of the universe is good and bad, light and cold, right? Dark and white. Um, and so we have an ego. It's part of our duality. However, we have been so taught to give our power away to other people and this duality. And now I think there's a, a powerful opportunity for us to learn how to take our power back, which is, you know... Um, working on food freedom and, and a healthy relationship with our bodies and food and self-acceptance and understanding our hormone and digestive issues that may be fueling cravings and, and binging and and to to just go, you know what, maybe this has been in control for a really long time. However, at any point we can choose to want to take a different path and start the healing process. I really think everyone is worthy to heal. It's not certain people that are special. It's just finding the right support, finding what resonates with us and really taking our time to step into that deeper work, which is the mi- the mindset work, the spiritual work. But it comes in layers and we have to take it at our own pace and not expect a quick fix to change it or, you know, that in a few months from now, it's all going to be resolved. Um, yeah. I think it's so important to honor how long it's taken to get us to condition to this point and that it's going to take time to change that. But the beauty is, is as you do, you get through the layers, you release a lot of stuff you've been suppressing, and you really reconnect with yourself. Our self-love, confidence, kindness, gentleness, all of these things, these good things are within us. It's that we've just been distracted and disconnected from them. But yeah. we have them. We just need to find them again by going within. Yeah. And there's so many different techniques and ways and practices to heal an addiction or a disorder and it's not just one size fits all type mm-hmm. thing um and you know binging can can actually like in my personal experience um the seasons of my life I've, I feel like I've had 10 lives in one life <laughs> um, but the binging part of my life was definitely linked to my drug use and binge drinking and I'm sure people can resonate with that because now I'm one year sober. I'm one year, no alcohol, no drugs. Awesome. And binging is not even, I don't even think about binging anymore. You know, mm-hmm. it's like not even a part of me because it's, it just doesn't really um, like, you know, there'll be times that I, I eat too much or whatever, but not binging. And I feel yeah. like it was directly correlated to the lifestyle, the breakup, the drugs, the drinking, the filling the void and mm-hmm. that that lack of control. So when someone comes to you and they are struggling with, let's just say, binge eating or um, any form of disordered eating or maybe bulimia, maybe they're over-exercising after they're binging, um, what what's the first kind of steps that you take with them to navigate through that, that first layer? Yeah. So once we've, we first connect and just talk about where they're at and where they're wanting to go. And, and, you know, once I go over how I can support them, if they decide to proceed with that, the first step is definitely, um, really understanding their current state of health. And I mean, like physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, if they're aligned with that, it's important to understand all those pieces and understand what kind of relationship they have with food, what kind of way have they been behaving with food? Do they have food fears? Are they in detox addiction, exercise addiction, orthorexia? Um, Understanding that is really important and understanding it for how long and maybe if they're aware of what's triggered it, um, where it came from, 
um, the body image piece and the relationship they have with their body, how they're currently eating, as well as understanding their physical health symptoms because there's a lot of physical health symptoms that can fuel cravings and binge eating or emotional eating. Um, and so it's important to also understand that because the binge eating, any form of emotional eating, it has a significant impact on our physical state of health and our mood, of course. So, you know, dealing with gut issues and bloating and gas and irregular bowel movements, I see a lot of adrenal fatigue and high cortisol and thyroid imbalances and high inflammation. And so understanding all those pieces is really important for me because I want to be able to support this person not just physically or emotionally, but both. And then as they open up on the spiritual level, then we can, you know, do more work there. Um, but that's really important because I need to understand all this stuff first because then I know which priorities to start with. And usually it is starting to identify those, you know, binge eating triggers, emotional eating triggers, what's triggering you to go to food. And there's so many different ones. Um, but as they can start to become aware of what's triggering them, then I can start to introduce some tools and coaching around based off your triggers, let's explore why this is a trigger for you and let's get you to start to interrupt the pattern. Because you have to remember every time we go and binge or repeat the same pattern, we're creating a stronger habit or neural pathway in the brain, which is essentially a habit. Um, and so in order to weaken that you know, habit in the brain, we need to be able to recognize, oh, I'm feeling triggered. So before I just go to food, I need to stop. I need to understand what's triggering me and what's really going on because when we do that, we also start to question and go, you know, what does it cost me to keep going to food? Like what does it cost me emotionally, physically with my health, financially to keep spending money on this? Exactly. You know what I mean? And so that's really important for people to start to understand to take responsibility. I guess that's the key here is that whole process helps people to stop and start taking ownership. Right. Like that full awareness. And like I mean, it's hard because people with autoimmune disorders, for example, like Hashimoto, I was diagnosed with Hashimoto in February, and I um, am not your typical patient, you know, because a lot of Hashimoto patients are middle-aged and overweight and fatigued and sluggish, and um, I'm quite the opposite most days. I mean, I do have energy to work out or whatever, but, you know, I teach yoga, um, but it's kind of hard to decipher, like, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Like, are are, are the symptoms of an autoimmune disorder um, coming up and triggering the binging? Or is the binging creating the, the side effects and the symptoms? You know, because binging comes yeah. with a host of, obviously, indigestion, bloating, distended stomach, and, yeah. you know, it can lead to all these, these GI problems. And it's it's like really hard to to put a pin on where it's coming from. Like what you're saying is, is super interesting. So my question is for you, like people who are experiencing like ravenous binging. And this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. I seriously love BetterHelp so much. They're one of my favorite sponsors. And I will tell you why I love them so much. When I started this podcast, I was going through a really rough time. I'm talking drug relapse, drug addiction, drug abuse, relationship issues, anxiety, depression. I was going through one of the craziest moves of my life. So therapy really helped me get through a lot of that. And online therapy is 
in my opinion, even better than going to a therapist's office because, let's face it, our lives have changed the last year or so, and I just feel like online therapy is the best way to go. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can start communicating with them in less than 48 hours. They really do match you with with a therapist so quickly. It takes in my case, less than 24 hours. It's not a crisis line, it's not self-help, it's professional counseling done securely online. And there's a broad range of expertise available, which might not really be locally available in all areas. The service is available for clients worldwide, and it's super easy to access your account. You can log in, you can send a message to your counselor really at any time you want, and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, whatever you prefer. I like to do phone sessions sometimes because sometimes I like to, to go on a walk when I, go on, when I do my therapy sessions. It's really up to you. Traditional therapy can come with kind of a stressful energy attached to it. So I really love how BetterHelp is really controlled by the the patient. If you want to connect with your therapist and communicate something with them, they have a journal feature, which I absolutely love. This journal feature has the option of sharing your journal entries with your therapist, but if you want to keep them totally uh, private and anonymous towards yourself, you don't have to share them with your therapist. But I really like this feature because for many of us, starting fresh with a new therapist gives us a lot of anxiety and it can trigger us. Um, so if you feel like that, you're not alone. I felt the same exact way because let's face it, a new therapist has to ask questions and try to get on the same page as where their client is. And sometimes rehashing our, our history of trauma and all the details can become kind of exhausting and a little bit annoying. So what I do when I start with a new therapist, like I did on BetterHelp, is I use the journal feature and I wrote kind of a lengthy email explaining to the therapist where what I've been through in the last few years, where I'm at right now, what I'm looking for in therapy, and what kind of therapy I've done, what kind of therapy I'm interested in, and what I'd like um, out of a therapist. So this is super important. If starting with a brand new therapist gives you panic or anxiety or stress, this is the most stress-free approach you could possibly do. I love how they matched me with someone with the experience and qualifications that I asked for. I personally asked for a therapist who had some experience with eating disorders, depression, and relationship trauma. Once BetterHelp matched me with my therapist, she messaged me right away and then I scheduled my first session with her for that week. The process is easy, effortless, and stress-free. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. So if you're going through a hard time right now, and let's face it, so many of us are, whether it's emotional turbulence, depression, anxiety, relationship issues, LGBTQ issues, 
whatever it is, body image, self-esteem, BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit betterhelp.com slash vibe. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, and join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Vibe within listeners, you get 10% off of your first month of online counseling at betterhelp.com slash vibe. That's better h-e-l-p dot com slash vibe betterhelp.com slash vibe go start online therapy dm me on instagram let me know how it's going and i hope that you get the help the support and the healing that you deserve like cravings and uncontrollable um eating would you say the majority of that comes from hormonal imbalance no. So there's many facets of this. Um, the hormones are just one piece. So there's really five planes of manifestation. So the first, and if we don't address, um, you know, the first four, then it ends up manifesting into a physical symptom. So the first plane of manifestation is spiritual. So if we do not address what's going on spiritually, which a lot of us don't because we're not aware, then it will hit us energetically and our, our vibration will drop. And then we get into that low mood, right? So the fear, worry, panic, anxiety, anger, frustration. Um, And so the vibration drops. And that makes us more susceptible now physically to bacteria, illness, acidity, um, stress in the body. And so, however, if we do not address on uh, an energetic plane, which again, a lot of us are not aware, then it, it really impacts the mental, emotional, so the emotions I just talked about. And the more we... Um, here's an example is anxiety. So say you're always stressed out and your, so your cortisol goes up really high and that's the stress hormone. And the, the more stressed you are, the more cortisol you produce, the more cortisol you have in the body. And eventually that produces anxiety because you're so overwhelmed and so stressed, you're suppressing the emotions with the binging. And when we suppress something, our body starts to have a very strong fight or flight response, which is that anxiety. Um, And then if we don't address it at that point, the last plane of manifestation is the physical, where then your energy gets really low. You gain the weight in the abdominal area. You're craving more carbs or salt because you're now depleting your minerals and, you know, your blood sugar's off because you're, um, you know, binging and then restricting or you're really stressed out. So going back to like the chicken, the egg thing, I really think that with that plane of manifestation, the physical symptom or the diagnosis, it didn't just come out of nowhere. It didn't just come, you know, because you have bad luck or bad genes. Genetics play a, a role, but with epigenetics, you know, your cells are listening to your thoughts, you know, what you focus on, you manifest or you create. Um, and then stress, environmental factors like heavy metals and toxins and poor food quality, um, you know, it all then plays a role on on the physical symptoms. But for me, um, hormones are one potential reason why people binge. But what I actually see plays a huger role is the old conditioning of eat less and exercise more. A lot of people are not eating enough. They're restricting calories um, and therefore their bodies aren't satiated or satisfied. They're not eating enough fat. They're not eating enough protein or they're completely restricting healthy carbohydrates. But there's some form of restriction that is throwing their blood sugar way out of whack 
which again, really stresses the body out and can fuel the cravings or they're not eating, you know, through half the day and they're surviving off of caffeine and sugar. They're fasting. Again, they're doing restrictive things that really throw the body out of alignment. And then the cravings come on so strong. The hunger comes on so strong to the point where you're like, oh my God, I need to eat the first thing I see because I'm starving. Yeah. And then the binging just hits so hard. And then every time you do that, you're more inflamed because you, you've hurt your body and your your digestion is more agitated and then the cortisol goes off. And every time we binge, we throw our blood sugar off more. So something really interesting from a primal state. So from the caveman days, we were programmed to go out and you know forage and eat as much as we could because we'd store the excess as fat. And just in case we couldn't find food for you know days or weeks, we would survive. So every time, you know, we ate in the caveman days, our body would make up, you know, more room so that during our next meal or the next day, we could eat up to 40% more. However, now in, you know, today's society, food is everywhere and we're eating multiple meals a day, which of course is, I think, what our bodies need. However, when we're binging and then your body is programmed from those primal days to go, oh, well, now we're going to open up and increase your appetite level so that you can eat even more because there must be a famine coming. And then that can, you know, skew your blood sugar even more, your appetite levels increase. And this old programming really is now not working with this behavior because you don't want to eat more. You don't want to give into the cravings. However, part of that's that primal programming. And the more refined foods we eat, like refined sugar, aspartame, they increase our appetite levels. They make us crave more sugar. They throw the blood sugar off so much so that you're so addicted that you can't stop eating them right? So that's another piece that really fuels the um, the overeating or the binging is that the food has been designed to be addictive so that we lose control and keep spending money on it and keep fighting with our bodies. Yeah. Okay. Holy shit. There's a lot that I want to um, unpack <laughs> there because you just said so many amazing things that really hit home with me. Um, so basically what you're saying is that, yes, it can be physical, it can be hormonal or whatever, yeah. but you know, majority of the time it's, it's, it's like a ladder. Like when you were explaining Mm -hmm. that to me, it's like, okay, like, can we, can we climb down the ladder and, and see what the energy is that's creating the anxiety and then creating the discomfort and then creating the the binge. Um, So that's really nice to visualize. And then what you were saying about um, like people who are like over-exercising and restricting, Mm -hmm. um, I was caught in that cycle and I, I still, I still tend to believe that I'm caught in that cycle due to how many um, allergies and food sensitivities I have now, which to be honest, um, if I'm being completely honest, I did to myself because after years of restricting and years of drug use and binging and whatever, um, I think that once the body is, is, goes through so many years of that, um, that's probably what triggered my binge eating is because Mm -hmm. I just, I went through so many years of starving myself. And then what happened was, yeah, my hormones got all messed up because I was on birth control and then I took myself off birth control and then all, and then the host of, you know, symptoms and Mm -hmm. just, that's when the health journey really took a turn, a hard turn. And it's interesting because what you're saying is, you know, even though you're, restricting or you're overworking out, you can gain weight. And it's, it really, so I was listening to this podcast the other day with Alyssa Vitti, who um, wrote Woman Code. And 
she was saying like one of her clients she um was was um training to to do a triathlon right and so this woman is like running 20 miles and and whatever and she gained 20 pounds when she was training for this triathlon she was like i don't understand what's going on and and Alyssa Vitti was like, it's because you're energetically holding on to literally everything that you're putting in your body. So for someone like that, um, what would you do to start to heal the body? I mean, other than other than stepping away from high intensity workouts, for someone whose body is just holding on to dear life, um, everything they put in their mm-hmm. body, what, what would be your what would be your kind of go-to protocol just to kind of navigate through that? Yeah. So we really then have to understand and see weight as a protective mechanism. It's a symptom just like bloating, but we've been conditioned that gaining weight is bad, right? It's a, it's shameful. You're lazy all and all the judgments associated with it, which are truly not the case. It is really a protective mechanism. People put on weight when their bodies don't feel safe. It's just that we don't know how to listen to our bodies. So it's to actually get curious and take a step back and go, why do I think my body doesn't feel safe? Why is she hanging on? And so some of the most common things I see are the restriction with food, definitely the over-exercising, not getting enough sleep, right? Because then you throw your whole meridian clock off. It impacts your hormones, your blood sugar, and you create more inflammation. It's It creates a state of stress. And the more inflamed you are, the more water retention you hang on to. And that really makes the body not feel safe and want to hang on. Food sensitivities, um, gut flora imbalances, um, adrenal fatigue, high estrogen, um, underactive thyroids, all of that can make the body want to hang on to protection because those all you know contribute to slowing the metabolism down. And it's really hard for our body to want to lose weight when there's all these other things going on. Also, if someone is just has such a deep-rooted limiting belief of I can't lose weight, no matter what I do, I can't, you know, do that, their body will hang on until they can get into the subconscious and really shift that. Um and also address, you know, different emotions and things that have been suppressed. That doesn't mean you have to sit in all your stuff forever. I think there's great tools that can help you release stuff from the subconscious mind without having to sit deep in it again. However, I think it's so important to understand the physical, emotional, the physical imbalances that can be contributing. Again, if we're in a low vibration all the time and we're really stressed out and we're in negative self-talk all the time, your body sees that as a threat. And here's the irony. Your body unconditionally loves you. It's just that from a mental standpoint, you've been conditioned to be at war instead. And then again, from the spiritual plane, Maybe in a past life, you were a starving prisoner. I was a starving prisoner in a past life. So no wonder I wanted to binge and like make up for lost time. So yeah. you you have to understand that there's these different pieces that come into play and that that can really make your body go, I just don't feel like this is a time for weight loss, especially the more we force it, the more the body resists and goes, no, like my last two priorities when I'm this stressed out are, you know, getting pregnant and <laughs> losing weight. They really get pushed to the bottom of the list and something that I've just discovered from a, an energetic spiritual standpoint is, you know, light workers, we like to hold space for others. And you have to remember if we are this mass of energy, if we take on a bit more density, right, or weight, we can hold a bit more space for other people. So it can actually be a mechanism that helps you in your abilities to a like honor your needs emotionally mentally spiritually and then honor other people's needs if you have capacity however if you are trying to hold space and like 
heal a bunch of other people and help them and you're a people pleaser and you're giving everything to them and depleting yourself, your body will continue to hang on to that protection and potentially put more on because you're not filling up your cup first, if that makes sense. So this is where addressing hormones and the, you know, the people pleasing overbook schedules, stress levels, the relationship with food, the gut health are all really important. And once I understand those pieces of the puzzle, then I can work with that person to help them balance their hormones, undo old limiting beliefs around, you know, weight and struggles with that and low self-worth. We can get the inflammation out of the body, relieve the food sensitivities without restriction, um, balance the gut flora, and have them really shift to taking care of themselves, making themselves a priority, getting the sleep they need, and honestly taking care of what are basic needs, but we've just stepped so far away from you know what is really important for us, which are those things. Um, and as they do that and they start to feel better physically and emotionally, the pressure, they take the pressure off of needing to be a certain weight. And I find that, that it's actually the bonus of doing all this other work is that when you focus away from weight loss and you really focus on getting healthy on all these other levels, these five planes I've been talking about, any protection that your body doesn't need will fall off without you having to lift a finger. And that's what happened to me after binge exactly. eating. Right. I like had horrible hormones and I was, I had a limiting belief of I need to exercise to lose weight or maintain weight. And the irony was I was gaining weight like crazy and I was back up to my peak that I was in the midst of my binge eating. But my, I had the do estrogen dominance, the underactive thyroid and the adrenal fatigue and the exercise was just the tipping point. And mm -hmm. so I quit the gym, really focused on balancing my hormones and really nurturing myself. And it fell off like 40 pounds just like fell off. And I literally just slept and like, took care of myself and I didn't diet or do anything like that. And it blew my mind, but I needed to go through that to see, no, this is not about eat less, exercise more. It's BS. We need to come back. We need, we need to come home to ourselves and really understand the roots and not stop focusing on the weight loss. We all have a natural set point. Our bodies will get back to that when we come back to ourselves. Yeah, it's like so it's it narrows down and everything that you're saying points me to, well, it's all stress related. That's where autoimmune comes from. That's where gut issues come from. That's where hormonal issues come from. And yes, yeah, some of it's physical, but um, it's all stress related. And everybody that I talk to who says, if you want to heal your, your adrenal fatigue or you want to heal your Hashimoto, then you need to like really rest like and make that like like hyper focused on that. And telling someone like me who is like you know, the past 10 years of my life um, was just go, 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 um, fight or flight. You mm -hmm. know, I moved like 10 times from ages 18 to 29. Um just constant stress, like literally. Um, and now that I'm looking back at it, it's like, oh, well, yeah, no shit. You know, you mm -hmm. were your highest weight when you were binging and you're doing this and you hated your job. And it, it, it's just like such a such a downfall of things. And I think that people who are struggling with binge eating, um, it's it's a hard pill to swallow. But understanding that it's not um, – understanding that it's not physically based is actually kind of nice and it takes off some of the mm -hmm. pressure because mm -hmm. then you can say okay well then I am I am in control then I am in control because my mind can actually um, you know we can change what mindset we're in it just takes a little bit of tweaking um, and 
like, you know, years, years and years of me, you know, starving myself and what you're saying with the negative self-talk. I didn't know any of this stuff when I was 15, 16, mm, 17. Me I mean, nobody, nobody was talking about this stuff um, then. And I remember, you know, talking to myself so badly, like, you know, you fat fuck, like, I can't believe that you mm-hmm. gained weight. Um, I can't believe that your, your thighs are this big, like, like seriously, seriously um, disturbing things. And I, I'm, I'm sharing this because I know that I'm not alone. And I think that people need to hear that, like, it's okay to to recognize these Mm -hmm. things and I talked to myself like shit for probably a decade of my life and now I'm sitting here freshly 30 years old like wow you know you have you know I've been I've been around the block I feel like I've been in the ringer a few times so it's like um it's it's definitely stress related and I'd like to kind of shift into you know, relationships, because we talk about relationships a lot here on the podcast. Mm -hmm. And it's really, really challenging for me, you know, in my experience um, with, you know, I'm not struggling with binge eating, thankfully, but, you know, I do, from an outside perspective, um, still struggle with disordered eating or just, you know, weird ways of eating or orthorexia moments, because, when you have Hashimoto or autoimmune or Crohn's or any of these autoimmune illnesses, um, IBS or whatever, you have to be really careful and hyper aware of what you're putting in your body. And it can kind of trip you up and say, and make you feel like you have some serious issues. Like how can anybody deal with me? I'm so crazy with the way that I eat, you know? Mm. And it really, it's like a, it's a roadblock and it creates a plateau Um, for me at least, when I'm, you know, whether it's finding a romantic fling or, you know, just, you know, dating apps and whatever, or meeting friends, it's like you, like food and, and nourishing our bodies is a huge part of life. And I remember when I was living with uh, my ex-boyfriend a few years ago, I've been single now for like three years and I'm really happy. But when I was living with him, you know, he would not understand the way that I was eating. And it was like, you know, it's, it's triggering to, to eat, to eat weirdly and to be judged and to navigate through relationships and, and share your history with, with disordered eating or share your physical issues with someone. Like it's hard to, 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 to meet a guy or a girl who you're interested in Mm -hmm. and be like, yeah, you know, I have IBS and I shit like 20 times a day, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. like how do you, how do you, um, navigate through that? Well, I think the key is to really, you know, as you're working on yourself, you're going to attract and reflect people of alignment. So if you're in deep judgment of your own symptoms and your own relationship with food and your own body, you're going to attract other people who are also very judgmental of themselves and you and not understand. So the more you work on yourself and shift your mindset and your body and have compassion, even if you're having symptoms, you will attract others who are more understanding. Um, for instance, my boyfriend and I have been together for four and a half years, although we met, you know, five years prior to that when I was super in my food addiction and super superficial and he had his own things that I didn't know about and we were mirroring each other, however, and it didn't end up working out because neither of us felt good enough. You know, fast forward the first time I came over to go on a, you know, come over and make dinner for him. 
nothing in the cupboards, like one vegetable in the fridge, a crappy knife in the in the cupboard. And I'm thinking, oh my oh. God. <laughs> but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just like bring some of my world here and see what happens because if he loves it, great. If he doesn't, then this isn't meant to be because I'm not going to change who I am for somebody else, but I'm not going to like drop it all on them at once. Right. So, yeah, but it was great because as I, you know, came around more and we, you know, spent more time together, he was loving all this great food and like, you know, um, he was starting to feel better and all of a sudden he got like a knife set and brought all this stuff into the house and it just like evolved. And now it's to the point where he's like, I don't ever want to change, you know, the way that we eat. We eat so good. He's like, I've never felt so good. I feel more confident in my body and like, you know, certain symptoms he used to get, he's just not getting anymore. And so I think you really, if you're with the right person, the aligned person that you're meant to be with, you will grow together and you will be open and supportive to each other's aligned habits. And if there's a habit that's self-sabotaging or not aligned, there's an opportunity for you to support the other person in that, unless it's something very severe, which is like threatening your, you know, life. Um, But I think that's just so powerful. And we just grow together and, and we're very spiritual as well. And that all came out in the wash as we got deeper into our relationship. And there's never any judgment about body. Like I love myself, he loves himself. And so we can bring that mutual respect into the relationship. Um, I think it's so important that you bring love and respect and don't have expectation of the person or rely on the other person for your happiness. You have to fill that void yourself and create that for yourself because once you do, you attract that. It's like once I loved myself and affirmed that and really felt it, boom, he came back into my life. And it's been like so beautiful ever since. But I did the work and he was doing his work and it just it came back around. So I, I share this because prior to that, I was attracting guys who had drinking problems, who were very judgmental of the way that I ate. How come you're not drinking? What's wrong with you? How come you don't want dessert? And I was like trying to explain like I'm trying to get over my digestive issues. A lot of them I didn't even bother to share about the food addiction because they wouldn't have understood. And I was still superficial and knew that therefore I was attracting superficial men. So right. we have to yeah. know we're a mirror. So if you're with someone who really doesn't understand you and is not going to be supportive of you – I don't think that's probably the right person for you to be with. Now, maybe there's certain things like, you know, when I have a body talk session or I have an energy session and and there's certain things I'll share with my boyfriend, but there's certain things I'm like, oh, do I really need to share that with him? I don't know. It doesn't matter, right? Like it's – but it's just like you should be able to be yourself. Yeah. And so – time and place. Yeah. Like for things as they come up with a relationship or or a friendship or whatever. Um, Like – a big thing that I've realized is that, like, okay, for example, like, on Instagram, if someone makes this, like, really vulnerable post and makes it, like, a really big deal and they're, like, I have something to, like, to confess, you know, like, I've been dealing with with suicidal thoughts or I've been dealing with an eating disorder and they make it into this, like, big production, Yeah. then that energy, that energy of, um, of self-judgment and, like, condemning yourself um actually will will be mirrored back to you and it's it's like yeah and people will will like look at it as like a big deal like oh my god I had no idea and this and that and I didn't want to do that on my Instagram so um I just literally started posting stuff and just like started talking about my eating disorder in like the most normal way Mm -hmm. and nobody even cared (laughs) like like no well people cared but like nobody was like oh my god Gab I had no idea you know it's like when you go into a conversation um like 
okay, no big deal. Like everybody has their problems, you know, or even, even using like humor. Like I, I love not making fun of myself, but like, I'll be the first person to like, kind of make fun of like, yep, I went to the bathroom 20 times today. How are you doing? Um, (laughs) And kind of just like, it's not a big deal. And then when you go into it that way, the person won't feel uncomfortable and they won't feel like they have to make you feel better about it. And they won't make you feel like, you know, there's something wrong with it. Um, You know, it is challenging when you're meeting a new person who you're like interested in um, because it is embarrassing. Some of these digestion issues Mm -hmm. and, and ways that we eat. But I think, what you're saying is, you know, it's just if you can just be real with them um, and they respond in a way that's like condemning you, then that's a huge sign of showing where they're at in their spiritual practice or yeah. their, you know, th- just their good person practice. Like, yeah, if, if if somebody comes to you and they're like, you know, I'm struggling with with anxiety attacks and and this weird phobia of I don't know, like something so weird that like you know you couldn't even wrap your head around it if you like if somebody were to like say well I don't know I don't I don't know what you want me to do like and turn it around on them then that's pretty shitty and that shows you where they are so I I mean I really find your story nice because at first you said that it was really challenging but then you guys did the work on your on your own selves and on your own awareness and then it was just smooth yeah and the beauty of it is when you're with that person you grow together you want to you challenge each other in a loving way because you know that that person is open to that and that this is the thing the feminine we have that feminine energy and we actually as we shift and grow our partner will shift and grow um if if they're really wanting to be in the relationship and I think that's something so powerful because the more deeply I spiritually grow, my it's like my boyfriend, he just like does it right away. I'm like, wow, you're so good at this. <laughs> like, and here I am like doing all the self-care and, and like healing. And he's just like, yeah, I totally did that in five minutes. Like I connected with source and did this mm-hmm. and did that. And like, it's just oh so God. cool. Right. And dream. so, yeah. So I just think it's, um, but you attract that when you first create that for yourselves and you can sit in it solidly. The reason we attract people that then judge us is because there's some part of us that's still judging ourselves and not fully accepting. So if that's happening for you and you're going, well, I am the spiritual person and I'm, you know, trying to overcome my food addiction and I love myself, but I keep attracting very judgmental partners or friends, you got to look in and go, have I fully surrendered and fully love and accept who I am? Or is there still a resistance? Because it's a mirror. Take, you know, take awareness and and take a notice of those other people and your friend circle your circle of people who are closest to you may very well fully change or drastically change when you're really working on yourself because it's a different reflection you're attracting different things right like most of the people I was friends with when I was going through all of my stuff I'm not friends with anymore I have new friends right who are more in tune more loving more respectful more spiritual Um, it's not about perfection but it's just I don't want to surround myself with self-sabotaging people. I want people who are taking responsibility and ownership and doing their work and being respectful of themselves, right? And not energy sucker vampires. Like I don't want to surround myself with anyone like that either. And so I think that's just so important to be aware of 
your environment and if you don't like it, go inside and go, okay, what within me is attracting this and how do I want to change it? Yeah. I mean, oh my God, that really, that really hits hard with me because what I just felt was, um, you know, I mean, I've, I'm the queen of, of friend cleanse at this (laughs) point in my life and I'm fully okay with being isolated and in my, you know, Saturn return and doing all this stuff, which is fine because we're all on a quarantine anyways. But, um, uh, what you were just saying with like, you know, surrounding yourself with people who, basically, you know, raise your vibration or lower it. Um, that is why I was binging and doing drugs and, and, and at my heaviest weight when I was, um, in my early twenties, because I was surrounded with people who weren't necessarily like healthy. I mean, yeah, they were all very fun, but, you know, constantly doing drugs or drinking or partying isn't necessarily going to like set me up for success. Yeah. And that string of physically feeling like shit, emotionally feeling like shit because I kept attracting um, dudes who were, you know, like every relationship that I was in from age 18 to 29 um, or if it was just like a fling or whatever was rooted and created from drugs or alcohol. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know when I, whenever I was in that kind of phase of drinking and doing drugs, the eating was also not in a good place. So I can definitely, I can definitely say that like when you do clean up your friend circles and when you do clean up just the people you're around, and maybe that means really having a small circle, which can sound depressing, but really it's not because then you get the opportunity to just be with your energy and clean up your energy. Mm -hmm. And, and then once your energy is cleaned up, then, you know, people of a better energy will come through. Yeah, exactly. And it's great because you can use it as a check-in, like as you're shifting and you observe who's around you, don't judge it, but you can just, you'll start to see, wow, I'm attracting this person and they they're not stealing my energy and they're, you know, they don't want to go out and get loaded either. They don't want to, you know, enable each other to go and just like eat junk food together. Wow. Let's, we want to just go to the walk for a walk or go to the mountains or like make a healthy meal together. Like it's so great to see the shift in the behavior. Yeah. Um, for people who like are struggling right now in this moment in time with, you know, night eating or binging, um, what would be your your go-to kind of practices or anything that really, really helps your clients? Um, it can be practices. And then I kind of want to ask you about some supplements and herbal stuff. Um, so I'm going to say I'm going to focus on self-care and mindset stuff just because with supplements and herbs, I find, you know, if someone's on medications or there's just certain things that can be um, like misaligned if you don't have all the information. So I think one of the first most important things is to understand, you know, what kind of relationship do I have with food? What kind of thoughts do I have about my body and what physical symptoms am I having? So this could be a great journal entry for you. And you don't have to go like super deep. And if you don't want to, if you want to, great, but just to start to get an understanding. And so for instance, you know, 
if you're struggling with bloating, you know, something that I could say is start with a peppermint tea or a ginger tea or add, you know, fresh ginger to some of your food to calm inflammation, right? That would be a simple add-in. If it's triggers, if it's emotional eating triggers, you know, start to make a list. When you notice you feel triggered to eat, can you pull out your journal and go, And ask yourself, what's triggering me right now? Well, I'm stressed. Well, I'm tired. I didn't drink enough water today. I ate sugar yesterday and so now I'm craving it even more. Because the more awareness you can have around whether it's that or you're triggered to drink or, you know, you're triggered to be critical of your body, just starting to make some notes and build some awareness for yourself is really going to help. If you've been struggling for a really long time and you've tried a lot of different things and you're like, that just isn't going to cut it for me. I would highly suggest that you get support and a deep level of support because I think there's a time and a place where that is really the answer for us and it's the most empowering thing we can do because we we don't understand how to change it in all the layers and it can take getting support to really understand the bigger picture. Um, mm-hmm. Self-care is huge and making ourselves a priority is very important. Um, you know, I've chatted with a lot of women lately who are not making themselves a priority because they're so consumed with social media and the news, which is making them feel even worse and draining their energies um, and then triggering the self-sabotage that they're like, they just feel horrible. And I'm going, have compassion for yourself. However, are you putting your energy into things that are really in alignment with your greatest good? No, you're not, right? Yes, I get it's important to be informed. However, watching it 24-7 and being on social media 24-7 is not going to help you feel better. So setting very strong boundaries with technology right now, like do you need to watch the news every day? I doubt it. You know, maybe once a a week, take a break. This is the intent I've set. If If there's something that I really need to know about what's going on right now, it will come to me in a positive manner. I'm not going looking for it. I'm not reading about it. And I have some great sources that I personally follow based off of what I believe is going on um, that, that helped me see, you know, the outcome of this in a a much more uplifting way. Um, but I think boundaries with technology, limit your time on your phone and spend that time doing different kinds of self-care because people go, I don't have time. And I'm like, well, if you stop the technology stuff and, you know, only spend 15 or 20 minutes a day on social media, if you can, I get, if you have a business, you have to spend more, but then you have that time limit and then you stop and you go, wow, now all of a sudden I have four hours to do self-care. Like that's a lot of time, you know, like, Get out into nature for a walk. Get out your your journal. Do some deep breathing. Get into meditation. There's no perfect way to do it. Just sit in a comfortable position, close your eyes, and put some relaxing music on. Get into EFT tapping. That's a very powerful technique. Um, You know, take a bath and throw a bunch of Epsom salts in there to ground yourself. Essential oils are super good for your mood and your vibration. Um, You know, talk to a friend. Listen to an empowering podcast. Um, journal, color, do something that makes you laugh. I think it's so important that we disconnect from all this heavy stuff and that we go inside and do some, you know, connecting with ourselves, clear energy. Like I clear energy every day. I My list is so big of things I clear now. However, it always feels so good to clear it. And with the dynamic of energy we have right now, it's so important that we're not carrying around a bunch of stuff from the collective because that can then make you feel overwhelmed and then trigger you to emotionally eat and it's not even any of your stuff, right? So this is a very powerful time to reconnect with yourself or deepen the connection you have with yourself. I have spiritually awoken tenfold in the last eight eight weeks compared to the last 10 years. And it's been like, 
I've been craving it and it's so cool to see what's happening as I'm focusing on that. And so everybody can do that. Everybody can gain the freedom that they seek with the the behaviors that they have um, and get to this space. You just have to be willing to lovingly, you know, acknowledge that there's some work to be done, but just do it at your pace. Right. Like it's, man, I mean, sometimes it just really requires us to force ourselves to like, it's not about the food. And if, if you, obviously we have to eat every day, we're mm-hmm. going to eat. But for a moment, if we could just walk away and do whatever um, tool resonates with you, whether that's the journaling or the walk around the block mm-hmm. and to say, can I step away from this like binge, this, this like about to be binge or whatever and say, okay, I'll, I'll let myself binge in, in 30 minutes. And if I still want to binge, then I'll binge. But usually um, it'll kind of taper off and the energy has changed. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm huge on journaling. I mean, I created a journaling um, workshop and it's with like audio meditations and stuff like that, cool. because that's what helped me get through the darkest of times when I became clean and sober and um actually I'm donating every every um order the rest of this month to like organizations and and foundations for um what's going on in the world right now with with anti-racism and stuff like that but what you said about therapy like because some people um will be like you know I've tried all those things or whatever you know there's, there's always that person who who's like, yeah, I've tried the walker on a block or I've tried journaling or blah, 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 you know. Um, Therapy is, you know, it's a huge component of healing. And sometimes you really need someone outside of your own life to talk to. And, you know, I, I, I go to therapy two times a week. It's virtual, but it's nice because um, I use better help, but you can, you can also like send them messages and type journal entries so it's not like you're you're actually writing the journal entry so typing kind of feels a little bit better or easier so I don't know that's if anybody's listening and they they really just need someone to vent to you don't have to just do it audio um, or video you can actually like write journal entries through the week and and the therapist kind of gets back to you but um therapy is huge. Do you, do you still go to therapy? I never went to therapy. So I fully healed this on my own. Um, I went to a psychologist once and had the most horrible experience. And after sharing with her everything that was going on, she essentially just said to me, well, just stop driving to the store to buy the food and you need to love yourself. And so there was a massive space of judgment. It was very disempowering for me and felt very disrespectful. And so for me, I don't think everyone necessarily needs therapy. The key is that we pick a person who we feel that can support us, that we have a safe space, a judgment-free zone, and then nothing will be forced upon us that does not feel comfortable or nothing that will trigger us. It has to be respected that this is a very vulnerable state and that these people are easily triggered to shut down. And in order to help them, you don't want to trigger them to shut down, so therefore, you know, you've got to feel comfortable. So really feel out that person's personality and, and energy and, and you know, read about them and listen if they have a, a podcast or whatever it is and really 
tune in before you commit to them because if you're going to dredge your whoever you're seeing because you just feel like you're going to be judged or you're going to just be shut down, it's not going to get you where you want to go. I also oh, think no. that if you've yeah. been seeing somebody for a while and nothing's changing, you probably that person's just probably not giving you the support that you need. So don't be afraid to change. Um, exactly. I've yeah, had a lot like- of women come to me who are doing therapy and then they quit it because it's not doing anything and then what I do helps. I'm not saying like I'm the saving grace because I do have some clients who also, you know, they do both. They come and work with me and they do that too. And that's totally fine. But the key is to get the support that you need. That's really going to get you where you want to go. Right. And tailor it to what you need. Yeah. There's no problem changing therapists. I've changed therapists twice already and I'll change again if I feel like they aren't, you know, because I'm the kind of person, I'm from New Jersey. I, I, I have no filter. I am not like, you know, all love and light. I, I need someone who's kind of like brutally honest and challenges me in a way. And if, if I have a therapist who's too like, you know, just too light and, and you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I, I need someone who really challenges me and, and yeah, like you need to be challenged. They're, the yeah. person who's helping you isn't doing their job if they're just there to be your friend. Like I love my clients, but I'm there to lovingly stand for them for their health and to overcome emotional eating. And, and that means also lovingly challenging them because the ego is creates a lot of resistance, right, around wanting to do the work. So it's that's so important, um, but that they also feel safe and supported. Um, and I think it's also important to not just seek out like just talking about your feelings and 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 also dig into like why do I have the health issues that I do? Why am I bloated? Why do I ha- you know I suspect I have hormone imbalances and I want to figure that out. That's why it's so important to you know whether it's one person that can help you with all of that or it's like you're seeing someone and talking to someone about some stuff and going and seeing someone about other stuff. Like build your team, right? right. That's yes, so important. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Oh my God. That just made me happy that you said that Mm -hmm. because I've been thinking like I have, I've created my own little team like, um, during this quarantine. Um, and it's been, it's been really great to do that. Um, so I, we're getting close to the end here and I wanted to ask you on a, a little bit of a lighter note, lighter note question. Um, what is your favorite, you know, thing to cook during this, this time of, quarantine or just in general, you know, when you're at home and what's your favorite meal to cook at home or it could be takeout or it could be anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's like one of the favorite things that you've been doing um, in this time that you have alone? Um, so to make, I think one of my boyfriend and mine's favorite is I like to make homemade tacos, but um, mm-hmm. we don't use, we, so I'll make like the beef with the salsa and like um, shredded goat cheese and like peppers and cucumbers and lettuce and um, guacamole yeah. and cashew cheese. And it's so good. So we always look forward to that. And then our favorite place to go and get takeout or eat it. It's actually an hour away in the mountains, but it's a nice drive. So we go to our favorite um, restaurant, Wild Orchid. They do like everything's gluten-free and they do the best gluten-free ginger beef and it's so good. Um, And then, you know, what I've really connected with is I've um, found some really powerful meditations um, from a documentary that my boyfriend and I watched, Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. And he talks about 
um, connecting with extraterrestrials. If you guys believe in that, if you don't, that's totally fine. But he has some really um, powerful meditations on his app that he created. And I've been sitting in our infrared sauna doing those on the weekends. And I have to tell you, my connection to source feels deeper. I'm manifesting more quickly. My vibration is higher. I've had some very powerful healings happen. And so I believe it. It's been incredible. So you You have a sauna. I'm so jealous <laughs> right now. It's so nice. Infrared, it's so great for gentle detox. And um, Yeah, I love the sauna. It's our little healing box. We call it our healing box. <laughs> so I, yeah. Yeah. I was using saunas. I mean, I've been using saunas for years, but when um the hot yoga studio closed mm. recently. Um, I actually got one of those sauna blankets and awesome. I thought it was going to be like super gross, but it actually works really well for the time being. So. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so where can everybody find you on the interwebs and <laughs> all that? So um, you can find me on my website at amberprove.ca. I have a free emotional eating quiz if you are run, wondering if you are struggling. And I also offer a 30-minute complimentary body freedom call. So if you're wanting yeah. to connect and talk more about your relationship with food, your body image, your health struggles, anything else that's going on that is just you're feeling like I want to get some support with, we can chat and talk more about you know, what's possible. And, and I can provide information um, as far as how I may be able to support you. You can find my podcast is called the No Sugar Coating Podcast on all podcast apps. I have a private Facebook group called Women Choosing Body Freedom, which you can just go and search for that title. And then I'm on Instagram and my handle is my name, which is Amber Romaniuk, R-O-M-A-N-I-U-K. Perfect. And I'm going to put all that in the show notes, obviously. Um, cool thank you so much for coming on it was really awesome um meeting you well thank you so much (laughs) thank you so much for having me i'm so grateful for the opportunity all right thank you guys for listening to that episode of the vibe within if you need to contact her her information is in the show notes if you'd like to get a hold of me you know where to find me And if you'd like to support the podcast, please uh, subscribe, rate, review, or share this episode with a friend or a family member. Uh, I'm going to leave you with the rest of this song by Zender. It's called Nearly Home, and it's a chill, chill step, relax, kind of steady vibe. Enjoy. Enjoy.